welcome to Cosplaying Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jessie, as always. As always. So glad we got our nut aims right that time. Well, I had too much to kill. It happens. Um, Jessie, Cocktail Corner. Well, we had several cocktails tonight. After when Medicine Woman that your husband made, which was root beer, cream soda, a cherry, and then... Some kind of country smoked whiskey that I forgot. Uh, what did it remind you of? It reminded me of like sarsaparilla or yeah. root beer. He was real proud of it. He said he came up with it during quarantine and named it himself. And he was just real pleased with it. It's pretty good. Like I would like, you know, I'd order it again if it was from a restaurant. Yeah. I would drink it again if your husband made it again. Uh so kudos, Jerko. Yeah. Um, when Medicine Woman, did we say that? You did, but you can say it as many times as you want. I will. Um, Jesse, do you have a segment that's not really new anymore? Yeah. It's called I'm gonna ask you a question. I wish you would. Something's on my mind, that means question time. I'm gonna ask you a question. So, um, here's my question for you. I'm so excited. If you had to live, this is related to the Dr. Quinn medicine woman Great. from your husband. Yeah. If you had to live in ye olde days, what job would you want? Ooh. Well, uh, I mean, I reckon, <laughs> sound like you now, oh, I reckon uh, I would do... Jane Seymour. There you go. Uh, I reckon I would do what I do now and be a homemaker. Uh, you know, if I wanted to be like on brand with a podcast, I'd say like bartender or like seamstress, but I'm not good enough at either of those things to do that. So I think I would probably be a sex worker. That's fair. Honestly, like if I'm being honest with myself, um, <clears throat> cause scientist wasn't really necessarily a, like a realistic profession to yeah. women so I think I would be like interested in science but then there wouldn't be any outlets for me to pursue science so I would end up doing sex work I mean as a homemaker I could you know sew on the side and what I mean so. honestly I probably would have been drowned as well, a I was witch. gonna say you would have been a witch yeah I would have been witch and someone would have murdered right. me that's fair that's fair uh, so guys, we have an exciting episode for you today. We have an interview with, uh, cosplayer Lunar Lynn. Um, we are so excited to get a chat with her and learn all about her. So we hope you are too. Okay. Welcome Lynn. We are so excited to have you on today. Um, and I have your first question for you. Why don't you start out by telling us, uh, a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, let us get to know you. Okay. Um, well, a little bit about me. I grew up in Arizona. Um, I did move to Arkansas for a brief period of time, but I've mostly just lived in the desert. Um, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in painting, of all things. <laughs> um, I don't really use that uh, for my day job, just kind of happened that way, but it's definitely been a big asset in my cosplay hobby. Yeah. Curious, who's your favorite painter, if you have one? Oh, gosh. I mean, I do, I'm trying to think, probably, 
Um, I mean, kind of the classic things everyone likes. I really love Monet, mostly because I can't do what Monet did at all. Like I'm a, I'm a realist painter and drawer. My forte is in portraiture. Like if you show me a picture of somebody, I can replicate it almost perfectly. That's what I love doing. But like Monet, I don't even, I can't even pretend to know how to begin <laughs> to interpret real life in that kind of way. I just think it's really beautiful. Um, so I guess really third question, second official question. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think people would be surprised to learn about you? Well, besides, besides having a degree in art and I work in accounting, basically, which is numbers, <laughs> um, I am actually older than a lot of people think I am, um, which used to kind of bother me, but it doesn't really anymore. Um, I didn't start sewing my own costumes until I was 25-ish. Um, and I didn't start competing until I was like 27 and I'm 35 now. So I, I mean, cosplay really is for everybody. I can see myself doing this hobby well into my older years. There's plenty of inspiration. Um, I don't know if I'd ever get into historical stuff heavily, but there's just so much opportunity and I, I love it. And I don't, I don't think there is an age cap on it. So there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started cosplaying in my later twenties and, um, you know, we're all about the same age, but I just recently started like getting really confident with my sewing, like without any help really. Um, and I just feel like a lot of the cosplayers I know, um, aren't, you know, the 18, 19, 21 year olds They're they're more seasoned cosplayers that uh, have that confidence and and I think it's great to you know kind of really promote the fact that you can pick up a hobby like this or learn a new skill like sewing or whatever that skill may be craft wise or whatever at any age. It's, it's just sad to me when I see I hear younger cosplayers feel like they're too old like younger like 10 years younger than me and I'm like no no you can pick up any hobby uh, and give it a shot at any age. Okay, so do you have a favorite cocktail? <laughs> um, well, I I don't I actually don't drink alcohol because it doesn't like me that much. But I do when I did. I really loved mules, like any type of mule. I miss them. Huh. I do. I like virgin mules too, but they're but they're just not as they're not the same. Um, but I, right now, I mean. All my friends could tell you that I'm a huge coffee drinker and I drink it. I shouldn't, but I drink it all, all time of day. <laughs> so right now I have an iced vanilla latte. We've been trying to do more mocktails and non-alcoholic uh, drinks in general um, in our recording because, uh, you know, we do know we have listeners and um, guests that don't drink uh, any kind of alcohol and sometimes it's just not like a good time, like, you know, like sometimes we're recording multiple episodes in a sitting, um, kind of like we are today. So it's not a great idea, um, you know, to drink uh, four cocktails within a couple hours. Um, but we've not done a coffee drink yet, so that might be a good idea for future uh, episodes. What is your favorite video game? 
it's well that was a hard one um I don't have a single favorite video game but I just I live for the Zelda games I've played I've played Zelda since I was a small child (laughs) because my parents had an original NES so I played Zelda on that and then I just kind of I grew up with Nintendo um consoles so every time a Zelda game was out my parents would buy us buy it for me and my siblings and I just grew up with those and then even as a teenager and an adult um you know with the latest Breath of the Wild I'm just an I just have my undying love and affection it's just beautiful that I love the characters I love the continuity there's even a, a book that was released a couple years ago that has all the Zelda games in kind of this timeline and I just eat that I eat that up I love it yeah we had a Super Nintendo growing up like I mean like that was like our first introduction to video games as kids and we could rock out some Zelda like that was one of our favorites um so yeah I'm a big fan of Zelda but I haven't played any of the new stuff just mostly like the old stuff so um okay what is your favorite fandom um, well, it's changed a lot over the years, but for a while now, I would say Star Wars is my favorite fandom. Um, I still love Sailor Moon. It will be my, um, my go-to once in a while. I mean, that was, that was my original, you know, when I was a kid fandom. I really, that's all I ever <laughs> thought about. <laughs> but as, as an adult now, I just love 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 star wars i even have a star wars bathroom and i have a whole wall that has all of our lightsabers and collectibles and stuff in our house and all of um, my major future projects coming up are star wars so i'm just fully deep into that fandom i always think it's really interesting to talk to cosplayers um that are our age and um for a majority of them like if we start talking about anime or you know like original fandoms it comes up that like sailor moon was one of their first you know animes and that star wars has been like a a thing that they have loved since they were kids and maybe they you know maybe they were into it throughout their entire adolescence and young adult years but like some of them may have dropped off, but it always, like, comes back to Star Wars. Like, I just think that's really interesting. So, anyway, go ahead, Jesse. When and what was your first experience with costuming? Oh, man, this is a good one. So, I actually, I practically grew up in a costume. <laughs> um, my mom always encouraged my siblings and I to play using our imaginations and we had this giant dress-up box it was more like a like an antique treasure chest type of thing um full of costume pieces either my mom made them or it was like thrifted things or leftover halloween pieces um i would even like make my brothers put on like plays for my family um (laughs) one one time i like put this whole thing together where i reenacted the entire 90s Thumbelina movie (laughs) um my mom (laughs) I know I was I was a strange child well my my mom um was my mom was the sewer and she was always making our Halloween costumes um so I was like I was exposed to sewing patterns at a really young age and I was familiar enough with simple um, machines that I could thread it and get it to work I remember taking a sewing class at Joanne when I was gosh 
nine or 10 and we just made drawstring bags. So that, that was my very early first um, experiences with actually sewing and making things, but I didn't actually sew my own complete costume until like 2010. And my mom still had to help me at that point, but yeah. Oh my gosh, I really feel that. My mom is uh, the per- my sewer, you know, my person in my family that sews and she's just um, been such an asset to me learning how to sew, but like I've used her as such a crutch. And even like now that I am learning how to sew on my own, like without her hovering over me, which I always wanted, um, I still call her and I'll be like, I'm trying to read this pattern and I don't understand, like help. At some point I was like, mom, I'm so sorry. I just, I have to ask you one more question. <laughs> but she, right. she was so encouraging. And at one point I just didn't have to call her anymore. And now I can, sorry, mom, but I can sew things much better than she can. So, <laughs> you know, getting into how long you've been into costume making, uh, how has cosplay changed for you over the years? So, okay. At the beginning, um, I just went to local conventions. I I wore more like anime and comic book genre costumes. Um, and then for a few years after that, I started going to anime conventions, mostly in California, because that's like a six hour drive from me, just, which mm-hmm. is affordable and more doable to go there multiple times a year. And I mainly um, cosplayed just anime character characters. I was more into anime at that point um and during that time is when I met most of my current cosplay friends that I probably am just lifelong friends with um it also helped me get closer to the Arizona community because we all would travel out to Southern California for these awesome conventions you know like Anime Los Angeles and Anime Expo um every year so I I met so many people um and that have become my friends over the years. Um, now I've, I've sort of outgrown the anime scene. Like I, I especially after the, after the pandemic, I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like for the future, but um, I still have plans for, for some Sailor Moon costumes in the future, but I mainly think I want to focus on bigger events like the Disney D23 convention and Star Wars Celebration and with an emphasis on like, uh, competition costumes, bigger pieces to compete with in like the larger circuits, like championships of cosplay and things like that. I'm just to that point now, I think I want to do more craftsmanship focused things. Um, but I mean, I still really love just going to a small local convention with a bunch of friends and we just do a fun inexpensive group cosplay and just order costumes off the internet and then just hang out and pretend to be these characters and be silly for a day. It's, you know, it just depends. How has competing in cosplay competitions affected the way that you cosplay? Oh, I used to make, and when I say used to, this was only maybe like 2015, 16, 17, um, I used to make like a dozen costumes a year or more, um, which was kind of exhausting. But uh, <laughs> since I compete more than anything now, I can only manage about four to five builds at the most. Um, a couple of my more recent ones have taken over a year. Um, but that's like 
I'm not constantly working on them, but like I'll do like one thing a week and it's really spread out, but it still takes a really long time. Um, right. And like I mentioned just a minute ago, like I'll do fun little smaller groups if I'm buying something and I don't have to worry about the pressure of making it, especially if it's just for a day um, for fun. I have made from scratch before for little groups, but I get more joy out of just grabbing something and meeting up with friends. And But um, competing is definitely shrunk down that that need to feel like I have to have a ton of costumes all the time I want to focus on bigger more intricate things yeah we uh, just talked to somebody about that um about how like they were really into making the insides of their dresses look as good as the outsides and we were yeah. like yeah oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if we look good on the and, and just the way that we we cosplay, even like I don't think right now we really have any intention of ever competing. No, mm-hmm. I have stage, have crippling stage fright. I still get the jitters if I'm going on by myself. I get all clammy and <laughs> shaky. Right. We've talked about it before because, like, we watch a, we love cosplay, con- you know, contests because mm-hmm. you know we're there to look at cosplays like that's what we love. And so when we're watching and we're like, oh, we should do this. Like some of ours, like, yeah. and then like, but we actually think about it. We're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like, I'm glad that there is a spot for like, you know, there really is a spot in the community, I think, for everybody starting oh, from, yes. you know, like the first year that I ever cosplayed, majority of my stuff was just bought off either mm-hmm. at thrift stores online like you said mm-hmm. and I still had like that was the first costume I had someone come up I think I know who you're cosplaying and I was like, well who do you think I am I was like <laughs> she says a different character like, I like I have to brace myself to like pretend like I'm right. not <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're death from uh the high cost of living and I was like oh my god like and she was the first person that ever asked for me a picture in cosplay and like oh, in that that's moment, so nice this, this is, is my thing. Me. Yeah, like, this is my thing now. So I think it's cool, like, that well, where you are and what you're focusing on can change. For the most part, the community is pretty welcoming of that. Like, a lot of the negative stuff seems to come from outsiders, yeah. And I think it's, we covered uh, Metaverse kind of virtual stuff this year mm-hmm. for um, the podcast. And they have, like, a beginner intersection mm-hmm. um moderate and then like a you know expert beginner intermediate. yeah uh-huh. yeah and so we were like well that's nice that like you can enter something like that and not right. be up and even still a lot of the beginners are like Damn. right right <laughs> i know right yeah i i think most of them are pretty good about that now i um i wasn't doing this 15 years ago but a lot of my friends that were said that it was kind of more like a you know they would hold their you know the MC would hold their hand over a contestant and the, the audience reaction would get them the win right. or not so things have changed uh, a lot I, I appreciate that they have the categories especially for beginners we, we admit like because we always like judge the costume contest ourselves right and I think we both have a tendency to like things that are difficult for us uh, if somebody's pulled that off we like, were like more impressed by it so we're like well they should win because they did this thing that I <laughs> so uh, what is one invaluable thing that creating cosplays has taught you? Oh, it's hard to narrow it down to one. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
I will say just in general cosplay just kind of saved my sanity. Um, I don't know if I got into that in, in any of these other questions, but cosplay saved my sanity because um, I graduated college in 2008 when the recession was in full swing and I could mm-hmm. not get a job and I was stuck in a rut for years because um, I graduated with an art degree and then I kind of just took a retail job and then ended up working for uh, a small family business and their um, accounting accounts receivable and um, I just felt so stagnant and bored with life and that's about the time I ran into cosplay so it's kind of I don't know if it's like it taught me this but it gave me like a renewed sense of purpose and I know that kind of sounds weird because it's I don't I personally don't make a living from cosplay it's just purely a hobby for me um but it's taught me that it's okay to embrace those fandoms that I loved when I was a kid and to express them through becoming a character and just let my freak flag fly. And it made me so happy. So here I am. There was actually this really interesting quote I saw, and I'm pretty sure a fellow cosplayer shared it on Instagram. Um, But it basically said, um, we need to start normalizing uh, having you know, hobbies that we're passionate about that don't make us money. Like they don't have to actually, you know, uh, we don't have to actually profit from them for them to be valid and for, uh, you know, it to be valid that we're passionate about it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like if you need, if you can and you want to like go for it, but also like, it's fine if you got this thing you love that doesn't make you any money. Cause that's literally what a hobby Right. I look like, when I'll spend more money on like a really niche fabric and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm literally just spent $200 on yeah. fabric. But then you think about it. I'm like, well, there's people who spend like $200 on like a nice meal, right. or like $200 <laughs> on you or know, like, like sports tickets or yeah. Every project you pick up is an experience. Mm-hmm. So um, whether that's just doing something you enjoy or if you're setting out to learn a new skill it's, it is the journey. You know, when I started cosplaying uh, or thinking about cosplaying for the first time, when I bought my first Dragon Con ticket, I was unemployed. I had just finished grad school and I hadn't been able to find a job yet. So I was constantly looking for jobs and I did eventually. I actually started um, my first post-grad school job, not the same job I have now, uh, like a month before Dragon Con. I think it was July, maybe not even, I guess I interviewed for it a month before and I actually got it like a week or two before Dragon Con, a week or two before um, Labor Day. So I had to be purchasing cosplay materials on a very, very tight budget um, because I was just substitute teaching. So, you know, $75 a day here and there whenever there was... Uh, a day that they needed a sub. So I was on a very, very tight budget. Um, So using a lot of like bargain bin fabrics or like thrift store garments, but that was a way I could focus my energy into something productive, uh, not feel so down on myself. Cause you know, people are always asking you, Oh, where are you working now? And you're like, Oh, nowhere. I just, um, 
you know, sit at home all day. So that way, you know, even if I didn't go to work and work an eight hour day, you know, I was searching for jobs. And then also I would learn how to take in this thrift store suit jacket or, you know, I might learn how to, um, you know, do some like very basic sketching of, uh, you know, a headpiece that I made. So, uh, very basic stuff, but still it gave me a place to, uh, you know, still have self-esteem and still felt like I had accomplished something, even though I, you know, didn't have a job. And then I think that, you know, that's just something that stuck that continues to help me with my self-esteem in other ways. I was going to say, with like, you, just so. finding that thing that made you happy right. when you were so damn in the dumps. Right. Like, right. And yeah, like, it helped. Like, that's the number one thing I feel like cosplay has given me personally is just, like, it's done so much for my self-esteem. Like, uh, I feel that. <laughs> like, so cosplay gave me something that, like, kept feeling good about myself right. at that time. So. Right. Anyway, yeah. that was my <laughs> cosplay. Well, therapy. I'm like, there's a there's a real therapy and joy out of either altering something for yourself or making something from scratch. You know, just doing things with your hands and creating is mm-hmm. one of those like almost basic human joys. Right. Yeah. yeah for sure. Do you have a very favorite cosplay build? Ooh. Uh, right now, it's probably my original design, Spyro. I'm fresh off of that. Um, I'm still actually working on a couple of details to add to it um, just for myself. I've really enjoyed this project. It's the first thing I've ever made that is from my own design, um, and it wasn't based off of you know, something that already existed. So I've had, I had a really fun time with just inventing the look of it. So that's my favorite so far. Do you have a least favorite cosplay build? Um, I actually don't have a least favorite. I'm Ooh. pretty, pretty proud of all of them. It's more Good. like maybe, maybe awesome. I don't. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's more like maybe I don't like the way I ended up looking as the character or maybe I didn't care for or I ended up not really caring about the show or the character like I used to, so I don't wear it anymore. Um, there was there was a couple, there were a couple of characters that um, I felt I didn't feel like I was comfortable wearing for some reason, or I didn't end up looking the way I wanted it to, but I still liked how the costume turned out, so. Right, right. That's awesome. We've been sort of touching on this the whole interview, but how do you deal with feelings of competition with other cosplayers or comparing yourself to other cosplayers? Boy, that's that's a topic, right? Um, so I kind of went um, with the idea that just to remind yourself that you do this for fun. Um when you see someone dressed as the same character as you, it should be a very, it's, it's an exciting thing. I mean, you found someone with a similar interest. You are among your people. Both of you are showing a love for a character. It's fun to meet people um, with similar interests. Um, I, some of my best friends are literally because we showed up as the same character. Um, I, I think it, I've never had an issue with that personally. I have seen it happen that people are kind of weird about it or some people just love the character so much they kind of um, 
kind of get the sense that they character belongs to them. I don't think that's a very good way to go about cosplay. Um, it is a little different for competition. It's it adds another oh, layer of difficulty there. <laughs> like I've um, it has sort of happened to me, but I actually had to put the project aside. But it, you can't help but feel a little bit. I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but say um, a stranger or a friend, you start the same project of the same character at the same time. And it just feels like you're having feelings of, well, what if their what if theirs turns out better than mine? Um, you know, what if they get more attention for theirs? There's all those natural feelings. Um, right. So I I haven't had to deal with that um, up front, but I've had friends that went through that and they ended up just kind of becoming friends with the other person and cheering each other right. on. And that might be hard to do, but you have to remember at the end of the day, we're all just a bunch of people making costumes of our favorite characters and we should just be cheering each other on and celebrating. Right. One of the, one of the best friends that I've made that I didn't have pre cosplay uh, was someone who, while I was researching like how to make a Loki helmet, Mm-hmm. Um, found this person's blog and I was like oh my gosh she made this Loki helmet and she has a tutorial and so I I instead of being like well her looks so good like ugh I, I, give up. Right, I messaged yeah. her and I was like hey I love this Loki cosplay you did like can you give me any tips on your helmet and she messaged me back and she, I was getting ready like a couple months later to do a cosplay that she had done something similar to. So I messaged her about that and like, we're really good. We just talked to her. Like we're really good friends. We're getting ready to go see her in Texas. Like, oh, in that's month. awesome. Wow. Like, yeah, she's become one of my closest cosplay friends. And I'm like, what, that wouldn't be there. That relationship wouldn't be there if I would have been like. If you hadn't reached her. her. Yeah. Um, how would your life be different if you had never gotten into cosplay? Oh, gosh, I, I almost just don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I don't, oh my gosh, like I, I literally remember how I was just not happy before. I, um, even living here my whole life, I just didn't have a good community of creative people. Um, this, I wouldn't have all of these friends that I have that I, I don't know, I, I can't even imagine my life without these people. Like, it almost makes me sad to think about it. I just wouldn't have an outlet for creativity. I wouldn't have been inspired to have a sewing room in my house. Um, I don't know. It would just be a totally different life. I don't know. I would probably be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I would have kept up with Star Wars like I have if it weren't for the cosplay stuff do you have any future cosplays or cosplays in progress that you're extra excited about oh gosh too many um (laughs) actually I took a huge break over the pandemic it was a really tough year um for like just adult thing I guess (laughs) um it was it was a sad time it was more I just kind of dreamed about what I could do in the future but I it put me behind which um that's why I'm I am where I'm at I have a good (laughs) seven to eight unfinished projects but a couple of them are the most exciting things I've I'm ever gonna make probably um I'm doing a screen accurate um Queen Amidala costume 
from episode Ooh. one. It's that it's that bell shaped red mm-hmm. one from the very first oh. scene that you see her. Um, I st- actually started it in 2018, so it's been a long time coming. But Ooh. I'm going to finish it this year. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited to see that. Um, do you have like a con that you're like I'm going to get this done for this convention? Yeah, I mean that that one specifically was supposed to be for Star Wars Celebration this year. Because of the pandemic, it's in 2022, so um, that's what I'm making it for. But I also plan to compete with her probably at C2E2, Championships of Cosplay, the following year. Excited to see you on the stage. Well, thank you. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) When you do really well, we can be like, we know her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Or what inspires you? So many things. Um. It can be anything from an actual fashion designer. Um, Like with my recent Spyro build, I took a lot of inspiration from Dior and the costume designer, Colleen Atwood. Um, I love her costumes. If you don't know who she is, I recommend looking up Colleen Atwood. Um, She did a lot of the costumes for um, like the Huntsman um, and she did um, the Alice films. Uh, like the Disney live action Alice movies. Right. Um, just fantastical, beautiful designs. Um, I also um, love Art Nouveau and I love the arts and crafts movement. That's not really like a cosplay thing, but I, um, like back when I was an artist and studied those things, I really love that time period where um, the Industrial Revolution had just happened and people were in a reaction against that, they got back into the love of making things by hand. And that's kind of what the arts and crafts movement represented. And I, I love everything that came out of that. And I always kind of take that passion with me. So Jesse Googled uh, Colleen Atwood. Mm-hmm. She did Into the Woods as well. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know that one too. I know. Right. <laughs> oh, all of her work is just amazing. Like every time I think that I don't know what else new she can come up with? She comes up with beautiful textured gowns. Uh, do you have a very favorite convention? I I used to not, but now I do. Um, the Star Wars Celebration conventions just are so for, I mean, you have to be a fan to enjoy it. I know people that are more casual fans that thought it was okay, but I just think it's the most amazing convention ever. Um, and it's it's partly... The convention itself but it's also uh the friends the people people's costumes i mean people dress in everything from like scare- screen accurate things to complete total inside jokes with star mm-hmm. wars and it, it's just a ball i mean i i hope to go to everyone i can afford to go to that's my absolute favorite convention so you have modified commercial patterns and even mm-hmm. drafted some past what advice do you have for someone who is interested in something like that or for someone who has problems finding patterns that work for their body type well patterns are one of those things that the best way to learn how to use them is to just look like buy one and take it out and start reading it um they are i'm I'm used to them because i kind of grew up looking at them but um google's your best friend even when i was getting into making my own costumes from scratch. Um, I was constantly on Google being like, what in the heck is an understitch? What does it mean? What does 
this mean, you know, different terminology. And a lot of patterns actually have like a table of contents and a little legend that will tell you what what means. But the best thing you can do is just buy, start with something simple, like some stretch fabric leggings or even like a bag or something and just pull it out and read it. Um, as far as modifying for your body type, that can be tricky. Um, no one is really a standard size. And if you are, you're super lucky. Um, because you, when you get a pattern, you look at the back um, and then you pick your pattern size according to your general measurements, which is like your, your bust, your waist, your hips. Um, and very often my, I have to decide um, to kind of so I don't, I don't actually cut out my pattern pieces. I trace them so I can keep the pattern intact for future use. So I, I, I take a, I, my brain just sparked. I was like, that's such a good idea. <laughs> I just, I like keeping all my patterns um, in case I ever needed to make something in a different size. So I, it's not cut out. Such a good idea. Yeah. So I, there's this stuff in the interface section at fabric stores um, called easy pattern and it, it looks like an interfacing, but it's just like a, it's a fabric like material that's um, kind of see-through. So you can just um, put it on top of a pattern and trace it. And then I use that. Um, and then when I'm done, I actually fill those up and stick them in like a manila envelope to keep. Um, but I usually have to trace, you know, like a smaller size for the bust. And then I have to go up a size in the waist. And that kind of helps when you trace them, it kind of helps you make your own size pattern. Does that make sense? Literally the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm glad. I when I do I'm panels on glad. patterning, I actually tell everyone about that. That's crazy. Oh man. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> what has been your most challenging cosplay to date? <laughs> So I mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that Queen Amadella earlier um, and how I started her in 2018. Um, I haven't finished her because she's really hard. Um, there, I actually got to a point in 2019 that I had to say, I need to put this down because I was getting so frustrated with it. And part of it is because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I'm wanting to replicate this mm-hmm. in a very accurate way and at that point I hadn't even found the main fabric for the bell-shaped dress yet and I have I have over the pandemic finally um but I it's it's so challenging there's a lot of math involved um to get all the panels of the dress and the correct shape and all that and um that headpiece is still something that I'm working on how it, you know, you just do a test piece after test piece until you get it right. And then you build it. So that so far has definitely been the most challenging and it's not even made. So <laughs> like I, I have, it's the only cosplay I've been keeping track of my hours on. And I think I've already put in over 300 hours and it's not even made yet. Like, so kudos to you for even tackling it. Right. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Like every time I see it, it, there's just so many techniques that are involved because it has yes. the dress that's weird shape that requires so much structure to it. Mm-hmm. And then it has like those bubble things. The lanterns, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the bubble things. You're like, that's got to be some kind of hard, you know, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you can do it out of like fabric. So right. like that's another mm-hmm. technique that like, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's and a lot. See, 
at conventions. Right. Like, or, yeah, yes. And yeah. when I do, I'm always like, oh, bless you. That's so impressive. So hard. Yeah, I'm, like I said, baby, baby sewer over here and just, just am amazed with any kind of technical sewing that happens or crafting that happens. Like, it's all amazing to me. I just get so stoked about every cosplay. I know, like, you know how I am. Same. I'm just <laughs> up out of nowhere like I love your cosplay like yeah I'm the creep that's popping out of the corners <laughs> people it's just like so exciting to like see people so confident in something that they've put together even if they haven't done a ton of crafting for it right. like just like you know I just love complimenting people and like seeing mm-hmm. like like oh well, hey, and you like, just I feel like you feed uh, everybody feeds off of everybody else's energy right. at a con where everybody's so excited and they might be tired and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but like, you know, they're wearing something that they've, right. they've put together in some fashion. Like, I feel like it's just a good vibe. And then you radiate off that good vibe mm-hmm. and you're like, I think that's why, I think that's seriously why I love celebration so much is like, because most conventions are multiple fandoms, fandoms for everybody, but with a, a convention that's just about one fandom right it's just i mean especially when all the padmates get together it's just like a compliment fest you know um okay so we love a good group cosplay do you prefer group cosplay or solo cosplay um i ooh. so i guess i prefer solo but that doesn't mean i don't do groups i like i like group cosplays that are casual and we can all just you know buy something online and get together and have a good time but if it's for something like bigger more serious I like doing solo competitions. <laughs> that said, I did do a 14-person group competition in 2019, but but I'll never do it again. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite con or cosplay-related story? I mean, I have I have lots of fun, happy stories. I used to ask everyone if they had a favorite favorite drinking story from con but most people did not want to divulge that information <laughs> yeah um i've actually i don't drink at cons because in my costumes that I, the costumes that i wear it's just like i would just get a massive headache and it's cumbersome so yeah. <laughs> it's bad enough that i don't drink enough water yeah. so some days at con i swear i'm never drinking again but it's mostly like i end i end up being like the con mom that all my friends that are drinking I'm like okay children don't don't climb the wall don't stay over here you know stop I am the person who has like two drinks and I'm like on the ground yeah I'm like walling out so like it's good to have someone to looking out yeah so I guess my favorite story would have to do with that big group I did because it was the hardest thing I've ever done and um, I, every person that I asked to be in that group was just as dedicated as I was. And that was, that's hard to do. It's hard to find. Right. Um, I practically made them sign their souls over to me for a year <laughs> for this. And I, I would, I was always on top of it and sending out daily threats. Like, are you working on this? Are you doing this? <laughs> but when it all came together, I mean, it was the night before the competition and we were practicing in the, the gym um, underneath, uh, what is that hotel by the Anaheim Convention Center? I think it's uh, a Hilton. We, we used their gym. They had big old dance room mirrors and we practiced our routine. And it was just like this 
feeling of like, I'll probably never have an experience like this again, where everyone is just so jazzed. Everyone's got their parts down. Everyone has their costumes made. It was just like an incredible feeling. And then to actually get best in show, we actually were told that we got best in show before we were announced because our group was so big. They had to have us like crowd backstage before we walked on. (laughs) And um, backstage, you have to keep quiet while the show's going on, even in a place as big as WonderCon because they can kind of hear you back there. But when they, when they told us we were all so excited, we just started shrieking and all the stage hands were like, you know, (laughs) but it was just such a good feeling because I mean, we worked all of us worked so hard on that for like a year to make it happen. And so I would say that's my favorite convention cosplay memory. Go back in time. And what is something that you would tell yourself as a cosplay beginner or just anybody starting out in cosplay? Well, <laughs> I would probably, I don't know. Cause I, my cosplay journey has been just really chill and enjoyable. Um, I never, personally went into it feeling like I had to meet some kind of expectation. Um, And I guess that's maybe the advice I would give is just, especially with, uh, with being on the internet and seeing people's amazing creations and with things like the amount of likes or the amount of followers that can kind of get in your head. Um, I try personally to not focus on that. um, And it's hard. Every, everyone wants to be liked. Everyone wants to do well. That's natural. But right. I, my, advi- my advice would be like, make, make sure that you're doing any hobby, but cosplay, um, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and that it's bringing you joy and not stressing you out, not making you have bad feelings because those feelings can fester. And just with, with anything, you don't want to do that to yourself. Um, I actually know of some friends that have had to leave cosplay because they just discovered that it wasn't doing that for them anymore. And I think that's the healthy thing to do. So go, go into cosplay or any hobby um, with what you want it to do for you, not what you want it to do for other people. Right. And lastly, not a question, but a request. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and your amazing work on social media. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, lunar.lin. That's where I hang out the most. Um, and then I, ha- I do have Facebook, Lunar Lynn Art, and Twitter, Lunar Lynn Art. And I'm on there a little bit. On Facebook, you kind of see what the same thing that's on Instagram. On Twitter, you'll, you'll find me uh, ranting about Star Wars mostly. So, <laughs> Well, Lynn, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. We had so much fun getting to know a little bit about more about you and uh, what cosplay means to you. No, thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed learning all about Lynn. Uh, we really love getting to know her. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you want to follow along with us, we're over on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on the Twitter at Cosplay Pod. Um, and you can just follow along with us or send us things there. But if you really want to get in depth with the whole sending situation, you can do that uh, on Jesse's end of things, which is the email. To the email where I live, you can send violin concertos. Um, If you want to be my classical music friend, I'm taking applications. That's all I'm saying. I wish you would. 
Because Paige is terrible and she won't, <laughs> she won't love it. And I've tried and she just won't. Weird fish picks. Interesting plants and mushrooms. I'm going to be hiccuping this entire time. Cosplay challenges. Um, either ones for us to do or ones that you've done that would fit in with ones that we've done on the podcast. Yeah. Cocktail recipes. Mocktail recipes. Corrections. Don't know if I said corrections yet, but we always want to mention corrections. If there's something that we said that's either factually inaccurate or just problematic. In any way, please let us know. Um, if you know someone that would be a good candidate to be interviewed on the podcast or uh, that you uh, would like to be interviewed on the podcast, send them our way. Uh, we would love to share your cosplay. Yeah, if you're listening, we want to hear from you in yeah. some way or shape. Yes. We know there are people out there because yeah. we see from the algorithm, but you know, we don't know who you are. Right. So send us a, I can't stop hiccuping, but. Send us, uh, you know, your cosplay pictures or cosplay stories that we can share. Uh, you know, we can. Or, you know, even just say like, hey, hey I'm um, here. Uh, episode ideas. Yeah. What you want to hear from the podcast. Uh, we're doing this for us, but also, uh, you know for you so if there's something you're like man i wish i knew this yeah we're uh, doing this for us but at the same time there's nothing like at this point we're a year and a half in we're through i think everything that we wanted like that we're like oh we absolutely have to cover this especially until like we start really getting into more cosplays and talking about cosplay right, dates and conventions but it looks hopefully like soon. right it looks like we'll be soon and hopefully Will be soon, but, um, you know, let us know. What do you want to hear more of? Me hiccuping? I can help you out. <laughs> um, uh, where can they send that stuff, Jesse? Cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. Okay, are we done hiccuping, Gee? I am not going to be done hiccuping, but, yeah, we're done with the recording, I think. Okay, bye! Bye!